Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are very modest, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. Jonah, you know, I know we're both really excited for our guest today and our topic, and it reminded me, uh, without giving too much away, of the time that you sold your Discman to me, your Sony Discman to me, when we were probably like in middle school. Do you remember that? Vaguely. I remember it mostly from you talking about it. Um, but okay. how much did I get? How did, do you remember yeah. how it came about? You were like, well, can I listen to your Discman? I was like, I'll sell it to you. Yeah, it was like I had gotten... I don't know. I guess I had gotten like the Janet CD, the Janet Jackson CD, Janet. Of course. And I really wanted to listen to it or something. And you had a disc man. And I was like, wow, I, I would be so cool to be able to listen to it and walk around and stuff. So you said for $45, you can buy this disc man from me. So I did. And wouldn't you know, <laughs> I'd say the next day it was back in your room. Wow. So it was sort of like you sold me something, but then you actually took it back. And I'd always have to like, 
go find it. <laughs> right, right. So uh, if you were a store, I'd say, let's put this one this store out of business. Right. Because they're an absolute racket. Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't really remember it, but I believe you that it happened. And yeah, it'd be great if like we could tell a story now about how I was a successful entrepreneur and that was one of my first deals. <laughs> right. Well, I think mom and dad made you give me the money in. back. Yeah. At some point, because I don't know if you remember this too, but I was a real money saver and you were kind of a spender when we were kids. Okay. Yeah. But look, you're doing great now. So it looks like, you know, learn those lessons when you're young is what they right. say. Start, you know, start a business, learn, you know. Start an unethical business when you're young, get it out of your system. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sounds good. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's see what our guest has to say about this <laughs> story. Guest today is a musician you may know um, from bands like MGMT or Modest Mouse. You can also pre-order his band Spiral Head's new album, Till I'm Dead Now. You can pre-order it now. It comes out very soon. Let's welcome our old friend, Simon O'Connor. Simon, what is up? How's it going? What's up? Not much. What are you, what are you doing there? Hanging um, out? Just hanging out. Do you mind? I have a couple. I have a question and a sort of a theory about the story you just told. <laughs> okay. My question is how much did you charge for the disc band? $45. Is that what you bought it for? How much did she charge you and how much did you buy it for? I don't know how much I bought it for. I may have gotten it as a gift. I don't know. That's a good question. How much oh, was wow. it? This was probably around, I don't know, 75 bucks? I don't I know. I think that's a good, yeah, around that. I don't yeah. really remember. Yeah. 60? Was... Remember how money was worth a lot more then? So like, I don't know. But I think I got like a slight discount. But Jonah made up for the discount by not... I think I charged really Vanessa, Vanessa like a refur like if it was ref refurbished price. Right. Right. You gently used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, I also think the reason you don't remember this, Jonah, is because you took it back. So it was really a non-event in your life. Yeah. Because right. you had a disc man and then one evening you didn't have it and then you had it again. Right. Until it inevitably broke. Yeah. And then you had mysterious $45, which from what Vanessa said, it sounds like you spent immediately. Yeah. Why do you think Vanessa held on to this memory for thirty years? Because she got ripped off. Yeah. Right. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. And you're the and you're the little sister, Vanessa. Is this correct? Yes. Yeah. So that's also another thing. My sister remembers all this crazy shit. <laughs> that I'm like, I don't remember that. I think it's like she remembers sort of like she claims that I traumatized her by forcing her to watch Pink Floyd's The Wall, right? Mm -hmm. When she was three. But the truth of the matter is I had never seen Pink Floyd's The Wall and I was watching it and I think she came into the room. You know what I mean? So that's like the little right. sister. Context like I, is so I wasn't important. like doing a clockwork orange thing, you know, just yeah. putting her there and I was unaware that she was in the room maybe or I didn't know what was going to happen in the movie. I didn't see it. Right, yeah. right. Do you have a memory like for music? Like for me, I, Vanessa has a lot more childhood memories, but with like, I remember like the first Bad Religion album I got and every song, I, like for music stuff, I have a very good memory. What about you? Yes, I like. Yeah, I, I remember sort of the the full lineups of shows I've been to, the full lineups of shows I haven't been to, and I think that's the way I uh, create clarity and cosmos in this chaotic life is by making sort of uh, lists and things like that, and they're all music related. But that's but I have other memories too. But you say <laughs> you don't. You just that's only no. I have other memories, CDs. but those for some reason just stick stick a lot better. What's the first CD you ever bought? Both of you. I know mine for sure. What was yours, Vanessa? Mine was Tori Amos Under the Pink. And and I got a five CD changer that year, which, Jonah, you were like, don't get this five CD changer. 
it's a really crappy brand. You should get the three CD changer that's Sony. And I was like, sorry, Jonah, I want to put all my CDs in here. And then I only had like two of them, <laughs> like two CDs total. Was it the Iowa? The Iowa? It could have been. Three CD changer? It might have been. It might have been. Those things broke. Yeah. yeah it was always like, and then be like, yeah. no, 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 no. I just told, I want you to go in. And then, you know, I think a mistake is that if you give it a gentle nudge, the kind of oh, the tray would boy. go in. And the gentle nudge over time becomes a less gentle nudge. Yeah. That's right. Yep. That's and right. And then one day you, it won't open and you lost uh, three Tori Amos CDs, you know? But the, the thing that this also had, which I think the Sony, one maybe didn't was it had not only five CD changer, but two cassette players, which as you will recall, having two cassette players is so important because you can make mixtapes, I you think, take, or something. Take the CDs. Did it have, be dubbing. Did it have a karaoke function? Oh, I don't think it did. I think it was pretty much like five CDs, two tapes. See what you can do with it. Okay. Mine had one. And I don't think I knew that it had one for about a year. And I was like, why does all music just sound horrible? Because it was doing this weird thing where it would kind of try to sort of EQ out where they think the vocals are. So I'm just like... Well, I was going to ask you what the karaoke function was. So was it for CDs specifically? It was for all music. It was just whatever's coming out of those speakers. <laughs> and like, so I was just like, I don't know. I'd be like, this is a weird ACDC record because there's no vocals or guitar. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so it's just funny. like taking out a certain frequency yeah. or something or it thinks vocals. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, I have if those you don't two. know to turn that off, that must have been crazy. You, you know, I mean, like, who's, I mean, like, come on. Like, why is it even on there? Why? It's just, I feel like it just, it turns on and everything turns on because it's really proud of all the things it could do. And then, you know, for a little guy like me, I didn't know all you know all these things. I didn't know what's going on. I didn't know I had to press that weird little silver button in the corner to make things sound normal. You know, right? It's cruel. Simon, what was your first CD? I think my first CD was probably the Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails. Okay, I think. but I also like I had tapes. My first the t first tape I ever bought was True Blue by Madonna. Okay, <laughs> that's so sweet. I think Jonas was cocktail. My first the take was Cocktail. My first CD... The Cocktail soundtrack from the movie. The Cocktail soundtrack, of course. But my mm. first CD, Mom and Dad got me User Illusion 1 and 2 when they came out, I think with a CD player. But I had one Skid Row's Slave to the Grind somewhere. And I remember it being super scandalous because it had a song called Get the Fuck Out on it. <gasps> really? Um, it was like, this party's over, so get the... F and it was like, sw having a CD with like swearing on it was like a oh huge deal. God, and I remember heaven. like taking it to my friend Chad's house and us listening to it like secretly. Oh my God, I love, <laughs> I love, I love the curse word. Like the Beck record had all these curse words on it. You know, Mellow yep. Gold was yep. in the back of my parents' car and just being like, you know, like, motherfucker. And just being like... <laughs> It's it's yeah. I, I've yeah. I've told the story before, but I my mom took me to see Guns N' Roses and Skid Row in '91 in Richville Coliseum. One and show, one show. Skid Row opened on the Slave to the Grind tour, and Sebastian Bach swore so much on stage that it like blew my mind. I was like, people can talk like this. Like I I'd heard like maybe you know once in a while in a movie, and then I was just like, it was every other word, and it, I was like, I didn't know that this was like possible. Right, <laughs> right. It, it's a it's a. It, I feel like it was a bit much. You yeah. know what I mean? I think you like it, but you're kind of like, all right. You yeah. know, like, the curses yeah. are special. If they're, Make the curses special. You know, yeah. you're giving it all away. 
When I used to do stand-up at this Club Zanies in Chicago, they used to put me in the like new talent shows. And I remember the manager, Bert, was always like, if you swear in your... like, Everyone got like five minutes or 10 minutes. He was like, if you swear, he's like, it means your joke isn't funny. He was like, if you can do the joke without the swear word and it's still funny, it's funny. If you need the swear word for it to be funny, it's not funny. And he was basically like, I don't have respect. He like was really anti-comedian swearing in their sets because he's like, it's a cop-out. And I'm not saying that's what Sebastian Bach was doing, but a little bit it feels like... Just be comfortable enough with yourself that you don't need to swear and show everybody, you know. I agree with Bert, and I agree with you, and I do think it was what what Sebastian Bach was doing. I do think he was saying, like, listen, these songs are bad. We all know it. (laughs) We are the almost, like, royalty-free version of what you're about to see that's going to come on after us, who you all like. Right. But, you know what the fuck is up? Or like, you know, so I'm not drinking anymore, but I'm not drinking any less, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then you chug fucking fake Jack Daniel. <laughs> he, he did lead the crowd, this is my clearest memory, in, in, a, in a chant of the phrase, ice, ice, baby, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like in the like uh, like in the this the cadence of the song. <laughs> Jonah, do you remember like looking at mom and being like, "What are we supposed to do?" Oh I, I, was, I, I don't I know what I was even, going through through my mind. I don't. Know. I didn't even think your mom was there. No, she was right next to me the whole time. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, in fact, my dad was present pretty much all the first shows I went to. He went. To, uh, he you know he saw Nirvana. My my first show was Nirvana and Butthole Whoa. Surfers opened. Wow. Yeah, and that was amazing. But Butthole Surfers, when they played, they had operation videos in the back. Okay. And, and I was so young that I covered my eyes for the whole set. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah. I like Nirvana. I'm kind of, I think I was 10, maybe almost 11. Where was this show? Oakland Coliseum. That's where my okay. grandparents lived. And then, yeah, then, but then subsequently, like, then I, I remember the, 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 the most awkward show I think I went to with him was Hole which was like the next year. Wow. And I was 11 and we were we got up front. It was at Roseland, New York. And Courtney Love was not wearing underwear and had her, uh, her leg up on the, on the monitor. And I remember being like, so that's what that is. You know what I mean? And there's, yeah. And, my, and I remember just like kind of just sharing that moment. And it was like with my dad was something that I would kind of uh, not like to do again. Or I didn't like to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You know. That's really shocking for a kid. That's. Yeah. 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 It was. It was. You know what? This might be a little bit of a non sequitur, but, you know, talking about those operation videos, do you remember as a kid, you'd be flipping through the channels and then it would just be like a close up of someone doing surgery on some random channel? (laughs) Like, but at night. Yeah. Like, Like, who is that for? Like, it was like someone sucking like the yeah. like blood out while you'd they're have, like in an intestine. You need like a second to figure out like what's going on here because it's like so close up, and then you're like, this seems like this should be shown to like a medical student. Like, why is this on TV? Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, well, okay, you know, Channel Eleven after 10 p.m. It's all operation videos, guys. <laughs> was it like a Discovery predecessor or something? Like, I don't know why. Because I know now they have like those um, shows on TLC, uh, the show where where people get gastric bypass surgery with Dr. Now. Right. You know, and they show sometimes the surgery, like that's a section of it. But 
When we were kids, I don't even think gastric bypass surgery existed. I don't know what they were showing on there. That is really, it would be shocking. You'd be like, why yeah. am I? You try to just get off it as fast as, like turn your channel as fast as possible. Doctor yeah. Now? That yeah, sounds like Doctor a kind of like a Isn't Stanley it, Well, he has Kubrick a longer character. name, but I think they <laughs> shorten it by saying Doctor Now. Is it N-A-O or is it? It's like now, I don't know how, I don't, I don't actually, I'm so used to them calling him Doctor Now. I don't think I know his full name, but I think it's My 600 Pound Life is the name of the show. There's also a new show called, um, it's called 1,000 Pound Sisters. I've seen, well, Netflix has a, Really they pushing that at me. Yeah. They're pushing yeah. that every time I, you know, it's like, you want to watch these people, you know? Yeah. There's always, it's, they're in, you, the, the, my problem with those shows is you don't get a lot of follow up to see how they're doing. Really? And there's always an enabler too. They're always usually like married or friends or relatives with someone who's, Big time enabler. Like comes over with some donuts. Yeah, who's like, I don't also there is a there is a psychological thing. This will be interesting for you, Jonah, as a mental health counselor. There's a psychological thing where I think sometimes the enabler person is used to like taking care of the other person and doesn't want to like change that. Well, yeah, because um, when dynamic. when someone when someone else is going through that change, then you have to kind of look at yourself and be like, maybe this is something I need to change in myself. Right. So is is the enabler because you know is the enabler? Um, I guess what we see in New York as a herb. Do you know what a herb is? It's kind of, a herb is like it's like a nerd, but they're not smart. They kind of um, they just they want to be cool. And, and he's uh -huh. like the enabler, like I want to be cool with this uh, one thousand pound sister, and I know that you know she's not supposed to have this, but like she'll like me if I bring over, um, you know, contraband. Is it like that, or is it somebody like what? What is the character of the enabler? I think it's always different, but I think it's and Jonah, you can speak to this probably, but I think it's sometimes it's like they like the dynamic they're in where they're needed by the person and the person needs them, and right. so they want to like keep this kind of vicious cycle going. But then sometimes you see it's like it's like the person who's going through like the weight loss thing is like i have you have to get me this or i'm going to like throw a fit like sometimes it's like a behavioral thing that has to change with the person like where the other person's like giving in a bunch it's like with any kind of addict it's like the people around them that sort of like can't stand up to them are sort of enabling them but don't even realize right. they're doing it so they, I no would sort say, of about it Go ahead, i would say i would say they are herbs in that case because i think they're, okay. they're, they're saying like well our friendship is is kind of based on this sort of a you know right. agreement and i'm i'm nervous that our friendship will not survive removing this kind of sort of situation that we have going on you know, meaning that they they don't they don't have a lot of substance besides the actual things that they bring, whether it be heroin or whether it be uh, chili con queso. Right you know? now, where would you say? Oh, right. So that's where a herb would come in, like in everyday life. A herb is just, you know, how do we recognize a herb? Uh, Simon, like one of your shows, would a herb be like a guy comes up and like. Simon, I brought you some like guitar strings. Can you, you know, or something <laughs> yes. like that? Good yeah. voice. I think anyone who brings me anything <laughs> <laughs> is, is a, a good voice. Is that, that's like exactly what herbs sound like. I feel like you, <laughs> it's like, whoa. Who goes, can I try to do a herb voice? Please. Yeah. 
I was at your last show. <laughs> I'm trying to do it based on Jonas. I was at your last show and I, I wrote down the set list. And I actually think you guys did a <laughs> I actually think you guys did a better set list this week than you did in the la- on the last tour. See, that's not a herb. Because a herb's more of a, yeah, that's more like a German person <laughs> who's like, you know, I saw last time you played was a way better show. Um, you looked a lot younger. And I was like, well, it's five, it was five years ago. So that's how fucking time works. Fucking, you know, and then I thought it was boring. It was flaccid. It was bloated. You just did not enjoy yourselves up there. I don't know what you're doing. The sound was terrible. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, who are you and why are you backstage? I think I actually <laughs> just realized that I'm a herb because time and last time you guys, I saw you play with, with you guys played with the Pixies, I like requested a song months in advance. Then you played it. And then afterwards, I was telling my wife, I was like, oh, they haven't played the song in like seven months, according to my data. You know, and yeah. like, that's a total according herb to, move. According to Setlist FM, you're like, look, yeah. see? But I think I was just flexing my power. I think I was more like, see, would you be a herb if you asked me to play the song and I didn't play it? Like, would you, or is because I played it, I enabled you to be a herb? I think you enabled me because I actually forgot about it because it was so long ago. And then you were like, I think it's going to be. And I was like, it blew my mind. But so I would have totally forgot about it. But then I felt like a true herb when you played it. But I was also like, it was awesome. The herb would be a good villain, like Dr. Now and the herb. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) The herb was just, I feel like a herb. So Vanessa, I feel like a herb is more kind of like, I think I said this already, like a yes man, like a herb's kind of like, Hey, you guys uh like tequila? And I'm like, it's eleven AM and we have like a right, show. And right. It's like, all right, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little drink, you know, just to get I drink all the time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like you guys uh smoke weed? You're like, Oh, have you ever heard this band? I'm like, is it your band? You know what I mean? That's kind of a, that's <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. Well right. just to say Doctor Now is the opposite of a herb because if you watch that show, they'll be like, he'll be like, your goal was to lose 30, like the people have to lose a certain amount of weight before they can get gastric bypass surgery. Mm-hmm. And so he'll be like, your goal this month was to lose 30 pounds and you gain two pounds. And the person will be like, well, I like hurt my ankle. So that's why I did it. And he'll be like, so you hurt your ankle. So that kept you, so that made you eat more food. And like, he's like really blunt with people. And it's like, Hey, doctor, now maybe you could be a little more of a herb. And then these people right. would like, you know, t- take to you a little more. But at the end of the day, usually the people listen to him and he gets to do the surgery and that rocks. Yeah. I think everyone should. I think it's important that, that everybody has a little herb in them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or else, you know, it basically means like you got to think at least some people are, are cooler than you. And yeah. And, now, now I feel like I'm sounding like an asshole because I know that Jonah, you don't think that, but you just wanted to hear that song, and I liked. I wanted to play that song, and that's all it was. It was a, a completely normal, non-herb-related interaction. Okay, because as we were talking about it, I was like, "This is kind of a description of me," <laughs> and then like this moment. Okay, if you were a herb, you would have. You asked in advance. If you were a herb, you would have. The minute you got there, said it again. And right. then about like an hour later, you would have been like, can I see the set list? Is it on there? And then... Right, right. And then like right before I went on stage, you would kind of like mouth the name of the song. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's that's right. more Herbie. <laughs> yeah. Which song yeah. was it? It was Never Ending Math Equation. Yeah, so you go... Never. 
That's a lot. So, <laughs> like, what is? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't. I didn't bring it up. I, yeah, yeah. I wasn't like, yeah, hey, Simon, how are you fun. doing? By the way, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but I gotta use that voice more. I think it's good. It's good. It's a really good pl- character voice for you, Jonah. <laughs> Thank you. You could play the herb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that there's room for the herb on Doctor. From what Vanessa's described, it doesn't seem like the type of show I. I think I went with the sort of the idea of it was a kind of a Stanley Kubrick. Right, villain, and not an actual reality show with a, a real doctor. Yeah, Vanessa, you kind of it seems like you watch kind of a lot of these types of shows. Is that yeah? Fair to say? I, if, yeah. If you've if you've seen it, I watched it. That's not yeah necessarily true, but I watch a lot of weird stuff, and I find there's value in pretty much all TV except yeah. a couple of two three shows that I'm not going to name on here. Yeah, well, I'm well, not thinking of anything specific. Well, maybe the the surgery channel is, could go. <laughs> Sorry, Remember how there was court TV? Oh, what were you going to say, Jonah? I was going to say, Vanessa, you, one thing that's interesting about your TV habits, and Simon, I don't know if you know anyone like this, is Vanessa has very strong feelings about commercials. Like, she'll be yeah. like, I'll be like, hey, Vanessa, how's it going? She'll be like, uh, I'm just saw this commercial. Ugh, like, the song <laughs> yeah, is so annoying. And day. I'll be like, uh, really? okay, anyways, I think we need to work on the podcast now. There's a commercial, and I won't say what it's for, but Jonah and I were reading this article, and I sent it to Jonah, and this like pop-up commercial came up of this commercial that I cannot stand. <laughs> and I was like, isn't this so stupid? I like, I have a lot of critiques for this commercial. And Jonah was like, yeah, I guess so. And I was like, eh, look at this guy here. It's so, it sucks. And Jonah was just sort of like, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really watching the commercial. I'm kind of reading the article. And I was like, but it's getting in your way and you hate it. But yeah, I have really strong feelings about commercials. I think it's because when I lived in Chicago, what I would audition for and like one of the only things I would get paid for was to do commercials. So okay, like the thing that sort of kept me afloat was doing commercials. So I'm very into that. Like I, I really feel like I know the process backwards mm-hmm. and forwards of commercials. And I think when commercials are good, they're so good. And then when they're bad, I'm like, you guys, y- you were being lazy. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, I, I, it triggers you for lack of a better term yes, in some ways. Exactly. It, bring, it brings you back to a place where, where, where you maybe not knowing at the time, but now, no, sorry, I'm doing your job, Jonah. Not knowing at the no, time, no, but please. you realize that, uh, that maybe you weren't happy and, and, you, and, you, and you wish you just said fuck you to everybody and now you can just say fuck you to the TV. Well, no, no, I actually liked doing commercials, but I just feel like I was just involved in them a lot more. It was a lot more of like what I did. I don't know. I, I just, I also like home shopping. I like all of it. I just feel like there's, I'm very critical. Of you it. like watching TV well, where they're trying to sell you something. Yes. Mm. Uh, Jonah, yes. Jonah, remember you and Vicky were watching some weird home shopping network and you were asked there's so many ones come on late at night and i love watching those we we found one and i wish i could remember the name where this they could have these these same like four people working and this guy would be like the mine is closing and this oh. rubik rubion this is the last one ever coming out of the mine it's three thousand dollars we're gonna lower the price from three thousand dollars to a hundred dollars like, the mine like, was he dressed as a miner no, no, no. I mean, but like he was, somebody works in a mine, not a child. It was so funny. He's like, I have these contacts at the mine. The mine is closing. <laughs> this is the only mine that mines is like. <laughs> I mean, it was like incredible. But then he kind of said that about everything. So, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. I feel so like it was I've kind seen... of an antique thing. I like. Trying to sell coal? What was he selling? No, it was like it was like these precious stones, but they were all like Rubicon or like 
Zorbacon or like <laughs> yeah. these very like those there's a lot of um there's a real following for gems too yeah. like that's a whole and there is a there are a, I think more than one late night like gem seller e- either selling jewelry or selling you can just get this gem and have it and like this would originally sell for $1500 but we're going to give it to you for 999 if you yes call okay yeah yeah, yeah and then sto- they have like a thing on the screen where it's like this many sold, this many sold, and then they'll be like, it's gone. Wow. And you just don't know what's real unless you're watching QVC or HSN, which are legit. So, so do they do, do they kind of imply that there's any, any sort of mystical powers of the gems or are they just talking about the actual monetary No, value they're basically like talking about how valuable they're going to be and like how yeah. this is the most incredible opportunity you've ever had. And if you blow it, then you'll never get the chance again. Those are the herbs of home shopping, those little <laughs> channels. Because real home shopping, as I said, is I think QVC and also, you know, HSN. But like everybody else is a herb because they're just like, we we have stuff too. But, you know, you can only watch it late at night and we're right. going to absolutely rip you off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so is home shopping, it's different than infomercials or is it kind of tied into the same thing? Are they making different. up a problem? Like infomercials mm. do for you to like making infomercials. Like, I think you've zeroed in on what they are. Is they've made up a problem or zeroed in on a problem that they're solving. Whereas home shopping, you're buying everything from, you know, a beautiful blouse to a little angel figurine that you can display on your mantle when all the kids come home mm-hmm. over break. So it's not somebody like tying his shoes and going like, ugh. I hate this. Once in a while, walks, they'll have okay. that stuff. Once in <laughs> okay. a while, they'll have that stuff. <laughs> Wait, sorry. The guy was tying his shoes, and then what was his he problem? Was like, he's, just, I just, he's like, I hate... Oh, he like, kept trying to tie, and it kept going undone. And then, and then comes what's in the with, infomercial like, for? Velcro? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I guess. Velcro's good. One of my favorite memories of early internet was like those QVC bloopers where a guy would be like yes. climbing a ladder and he would fall off yeah. or like, <laughs> and it was like for some reason and the, the kid was like the katana knife thing. or whatever. Yeah. The, he's messing with the katana knife and he's like, ah, oh, got me. <laughs> got me good. <laughs> got me good. <laughs> I don't, that's pretty amazing. It's the best stuff out there, I would say. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with Simon O'Connor. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Simon, really quickly before we get into today's topic, you were on on my old podcast many years ago, Going Off Track. Yes. And you talked about Selling hot dogs at Yankee Stadium. Is that right? I didn't sell hot dogs. I sold lemonade. I started as a mere lemon cutter. Okay. For the lemonade stand. Then ended up selling lemonade, cotton candy, and Dippin' Dots. If you're familiar with Dippin' Dots. Oh, the the ice cream of the future. Yeah. Yes. Ice cream of the future. Yeah. Now, where is it today? It's the future. Exactly. (laughs) I think I've seen it. Maybe I've seen sort of, I don't know if I've actually seen. I've seen stands, but I'm not sure if they're abandoned. Have Have you ever heard, do, do you remember how kids would go, not to interrupt, but how kids would go like, this is better than regular ice cream. I'd be like, no, it's not, you it's moron. Not. <laughs> like, no, it's, oh yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would it hear just that every tasted day. like a bunch of ice. Like, it was so annoying when kids would be like, this is actually really good. It's better than ice cream. Well, here's the interesting thing. So at Yankee Stadium, um, Dippin' Dots, um, uh, claim that they are kosher, right? Unlike the other ice cream. So it was the kosher ice cream. Oh. Okay. And it's not true. Nothing at Yankee Stadium was kosher. Okay, okay. But well, it was a little incisive, but like, you know, it's like, I remember sometimes the kind of a Hasid- the Hasidic newspaper would come by and like do a little check. And I remember having to, uh, walking, you know, walking, because I, it was, you know, it was a huge stadium, many different stands. And at that point I was a manager and like watching these Hasidic guys sort of grill these like 19 year old uh, Puerto Rican kids from the Bronx about if they wash the scoops that go in the sort of the sorbet in a different sink than and right and they're like no and I was like no say yes you know what I mean yeah <laughs> say yes, say yes. Yeah. and like remember like just and and I was like and as soon as I saw that happening I would kind of run up to all the other stands like bunch of guys in suits beards they're gonna ask you about the scoops you wash these in a different sink then then they're like okay okay so. I think that Dippin' Dots maybe found their angle by, uh, I guess it could be kosher if it was, if they were 
gave us instructions and what that meant or gave the but uh right. maybe that was their sort of angle to why you, some people would choose that over the other right. ice cream. Well, I think if it it has to be blessed or something by a rabbi and then also you can't mix milk and meat, but I think it can be dairy as long as it's What I've just told you, I learned at that exact moment in in the story that I've told. Like I I knew about the, you know, it being blessed by a rabbi, but I didn't know about this sort of washing protocol oh, until right. okay, I okay. heard them ask. So it's based entirely on that. I don't know. I don't I, know what the protocol is. It can't, yeah. yeah, right. It can't go with dishes for non-kosher things. I think it yeah. can't touch stuff that's touched non-kosher stuff. I mean, meanwhile, everything was just thrown into like a gigantic sort of vat where like hot dog juice was poured on it. Like nothing right. was, it's you like, know. It's like if, you're, if you have specific dietary restrictions like that and you're going to Yankee yeah. Stadium, probably the safest thing to do is bring your yeah. own. What was your, what was your favorite thing to sell? The Dippin' Dots, the lemonade, or the, um, I forgot the other thing. I liked making cotton candy and I would do that candy. for a while. Um, and then when you make cotton candy, sometimes like because it's so light that it would just sort of like little fl- clouds of sugar would kind of f- fly through the air, and I would suck them up, which grossed everybody out. But I just thought it was amazed. I felt like I was in space, you know, sure. just right. like food literally is flying by, and I go right there, and people are like, "Can you fucking stop?" <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Really pushing me off. But uh, I think I like selling Dippin' Dots because I liked saying ice cream of the future. Yeah, um, that's fun. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so you you know you were. I know you spent a lot of time on St. Mark's. You remember that that Japanese restaurant that had the ice, the cotton candy machine outside? Yes. I think with maybe Kanka that yes. you could make your own yes. at the end of the meal. Wasn't that was the coolest? Oh, that it was, is I think cool. it's it's still there. And then that's kind of where I'm like, you know, I'm walking down St. Mark's. I'm like, check this out. And I just fucking watching all these people bum like, how do you do this? I'm like, I just make the perfect little cotton. Oh candy yeah, you must have been got. so good. I almost always oh because you knew how to do it. Yeah. They would mm-hmm. Vanessa just to tell you, they would give you like a little cup at the end of the meal with like this like powdery stuff in it. And then they had like a big machine outside. And then you would kind of pour it pour it in it with a stick and kind of like twirl it around and you could like kind of make your own cotton candy. That's but, so but the, cool. Was it not there anymore when I lived there? I think it that's is probably there. still there. Were you like as a young punk in NYC, were you hanging on St. Mark's a lot, just like talking about, you know, cross punk and yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's I would, absolutely. <laughs> Jonah, I that just, was, you were, just act like, acted like such a herb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say the same thing. I was um, just like, back I'm in like, the day. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Vanessa, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Can't deal with this fucking herb. Um, yes, I did. I did. I did, did go to like St. Mark's music? and talk about crust punk, Jonah. Any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna sign off now. Did you uh, have a? Did you go to punk shows? <laughs> what were In some the, of your favorite venues? Because there's like a lot of venues yeah, that I like. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Clash? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I would go to St. Mark's too. You know, uh, because that's where I would see people who had mohawks and then uh, stand around them like a herb and. And then eventually, like, laugh at something they said, you know? And then move two inches towards them, laugh at another thing they said. And then, you know, after a good year of doing that, I was in. Nice. Incredible. Well, speaking of that, um, our topic today, Sony Discman, um, something that we haven't covered on the show before. We're not brand, brand. No brand. We're not. Yeah, just Disman in general. Although the Disman is like a Sony thing. Like I guess it's like a portable CD player, maybe. 
they invented it? Yeah, they invented the Discman. Like the, really? the that's like a Sony thing. I did they invent the Walkman too? Because I feel like Sony Walkman is a thing. As I well. think I they mean, did. Yes, I think yes. they did. I think I think they cornered both of those markets. Those bastards! They've done it again. Yeah, you can get a Discman now, or you can get a portable CD player by like Cost now or something. But you're not getting a Sony Discman. Do you remember Kobe? The like. You could buy a Kobe Discman at like bodegas. I mean, this might be a very new, you know, which is kind of like it looked exactly like the Sony logo, okay. but didn't say the same thing, and they were very cheap. Yeah, yeah. But but, and, the, but what was your what was your relationship with this? Why did you kind of what makes you feel nostalgic about the the portable CD player? Well, when we first talked about, it, I just thought about something that kind of. Uh, uh, Something in my in my past that I, I at a certain time in my life I, I absolutely depended on that when I think back on it was a pretty ridiculous kind of invention in the sense that like you kind of had to really unless so unless you had one of those like you know the shockwave sports disc bin you know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. they kind yep. of like they have like you know how close you close them like Tupperware like they have those little latches on them and they can actually right. like you can put the disc man in your backpack and walk and you could actually hear a song without constant skipping yeah but like every other disc man like you kind of like had to hold it like a pizza you know what i mean like walk slowly or like or like a, a, right. a, a tray full of martinis like yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> and it was like this is and like walk slowly or else you just like you will hear like you know what i mean like Maybe they'd have a, I just, from my experience, and also like obviously CDs themselves were so easily damaged that like that on top of yes. the kind of delicacy of the Discman itself made the sort of like my formative years of, 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 of music listening kind of bizarre and unique for people who I think, I think we're all around the same age, you know? Like I think that like I, I consider junior high and high school my discman days yeah and then mm -hmm, i think when mm -hmm. i went to college I, the ipod was around ish maybe yeah yeah i don't know i don't know right away i feel like maybe i got one in 2000 i went to college my first i was went to college in 2001 i feel like i got one in 2003 but maybe i just i think i'd say i got when somebody asked me when I did something, I always say 2003 for some reason. I don't think it's necessarily true. I just choose that year. Yeah, but um, it's a good year. But yeah, I just find like it's it was it was such a kind of like it was better than the Walkman because it was a CD. But when you actually think about it, and how sort of like unwieldy and disruptive it is versus like a Walkman, it was kind of like almost seemed like a bit of a mistake invention in some ways. Well, I think the anti-skip technology was super important because mm -hmm. um, I think it would actually like read what was ahead and like memorize it and then play that back but one thing I remember about CDs are you're right they would get scratched really easily but then you would listen to them over and over and then the scratch almost became part of your like understanding of the song and then when you heard it without the scratch you're like what yes. is happening here <laughs> absolutely right. in fact, yeah in fact there's like I was thinking about this the other day like there are albums that I loved that like I don't know if I've ever heard the second song because it was scratched. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I would just it would just kind of and I would have to skip it until yep. until the advent of you know streaming. Like for real, there's definitely a few records like that. I also would carry in my backpack like 
I, I didn't. It was like, I, just actual CDs, like in their jewel cases, not like one of the case logics. Because like, um, so they were constantly like falling out of the cradle and just like yep. getting just fucked up beyond you know any repair. And like, but I was just I would just deal with it. But yeah, like, did so back to the story you told. Do you remember what type of discman you um, sold and then stole? Yeah, I think it was a pretty early one because we were pretty young. So I don't think Discman had been out for that long, but I feel like I do remember, I don't know if it was on that one or some later ones. There was like always, there was like a skip protection thing, but it didn't really work maybe. Yeah. What color was it? It was gray. I think it was black. It was gray. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the the one, so like for my eighth grade graduation, my parents got me the shot, the Sony shockwave like sports thing, which was yellow. And, and it was a CD. It, yeah, it was a disc. Yeah, one. yeah. And it was like you could kind of like I, th- I may be making this up, but I feel like in the commercials, it's like a snowboarder falling with one, or like you know, yeah. like so, like a BMX rider like kind of doing a flip with one, and like that was the thing you could drop it and it wouldn't skip. But I had that for about a month. Like so I was between eighth grade and ninth grade, and then when I went to ninth grade, I started to take the train to school, and I think I had it for about a month before I got robbed and it was stolen because Aww. yeah well I think it was like because it was an expensive one I don't know how I really when you said $75 like I, I think it's also like a lot of this happened in my these are the days when things were bought for me you know what I mean sure, I know, right you got gifts this is before yeah. you're at yeah. the stadium selling that cotton candy exactly before I was making that money yeah that cotton candy um, money yeah <laughs> yeah and so like but I think that like you know in in if you are a, a robber, a mugger, um, like, you know, young teenagers are like the perfect target. And I would get robbed a lot, but like, sure. I think that like having those yellow, and they also do like yellow headphones, which also had the, like the shockwave thing. Yep. Also made them vibrate. Do you, I don't know if you ever had this. This is, this, this, this is something because you know how you think that everybody has experienced every single little thing that you experience as, as a child <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. you realize that no? Um, okay, so maybe, it's, but like they had this sort of like, you know, when the kick drum or the bass would go and it would vibrate, which I've actually made my ears really itchy, you know? But right. um, but I think that like if somebody would see like the yellow headphones, they would know that like I had one of the sort of expensive. Yeah, right. Um, and they're like, well, that's good because you're going to rob a young teenager like, it's a kind of a crapshoot. Like, what do they have? Like, four dollars on them, and like right. a yo-yo, or maybe their, like, their math homework. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you see that those yellow headphones and a little yellow wire, you know that like there's a there's a right, you know, um, a discman, and like, which makes me think now, like, since if you assume, I wonder if like people are getting robbed more because it's now you see a teenager and you're like, well, they have a you know five hundred dollar little computer in their pocket you know what i mean right right like you just there's something of value that i could get from this like risky you know but um, i think it's like logistically harder right because if you like take someone's phone then they can lock it and then it's kind of right. useless right like i think the technology also makes it more right difficult to do that stuff which is good right but if you're kind of let's say the person you rob is a herb right yeah. And you're just kind of like, if you tell anyone, I'll fucking kick your ass. <laughs> They're like, oh, Simon, I really like float on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Do you guys want to play that? No, no, no. I mean, I don't. Do you like this song? I don't like. I like this song. You like? I don't know. I don't like this song. Um, but yeah, like, but you know, if you put this sort of like, if the robbers are familiar, which they were with me, there was like, I right. knew everybody who was mugging me. They would just wait outside my train station. In fact, one of them was at my sixth birthday party, and um, <laughs> so like they could kind of like, if really? I knew that I would see them again, yeah. I was about to say his name, but... Um, <laughs> what was his relationship to you? We were friends. We liked the Ninja Turtles. And then we became teenagers, and he decided to rob me with his friends every day. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I mean, I think we went to the same school, and then we didn't. But he wasn't him who stole the disc, man. It was, another, it was, uh, it was actually like the robbing of the uh, Shockwave disc, man, was like took about 45 minutes and it was all on trains. It was like the French connection. You know what I mean? You know that scene? Like I was just like running through cars, going, taking different trains and like, they would get on and I would see them and I would go through the doors and go like this. And then finally it was like, it's my stop. And then they got out of my stop and I was like, how you guys doing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. I feel oh, like man. knowing the people who rob you is, is maybe it's better. I, I, I remember, think it might be a little less scary. Yeah. A little less. Yeah. Because if I was more of a herb, and I was a herb, but I could be like, about to say his name again. I'm going to say his first name. Jeffrey. That's his first name. Um, okay. Like, I know your mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm going to tell your mom. And I know even scary muggers don't want to be scolded by their moms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But... But I was in the fine line where I wasn't Herbie enough to tattle, but I also was Herbie enough to be a, a completely easy target who people had a great time and a lot of fun um, taking my stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 I just was thinking about my early CDs while you, you started talking about that because I was going to make a reference to it. And I realized I just got a joke from 1992, like in the last two minutes. Vanessa, do you know what a B-side is? Is it... Uh... What is it? It's kind of like if there's a single, it's kind of like the other song. Like if you were right. if you had a forty five, that like the extra song they put on. Is that how you would define it, Simon? Yes, it's yeah, it's sort of, okay. yeah, exactly. It's the um, song that's not as good as the other one. Yes, but sometimes so, it's better. Skid Row in nineteen ninety two. Sorry to bring it back to Love. Sebastian Bach and Co. But Skid Row in nineteen ninety two released a B side collection called B Side Ourselves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And I just got the joke, like, I was like, beside ourselves. Oh, beside ourselves. <sighs> the masters. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And they cover the Ramones on it, which also seems totally bizarre. I bet that was a fabulous version of a... <laughs> Psychotherapy. <laughs> and that's why you do what you do now. <laughs> yes. Because of the cover specifically, yeah. not the How original. did you get into this? Well, in, in 1992, Skid Row covered this song, Psychotherapy, yeah. and I thought, eh... I'm going to go back we, to school in 30 years. Yeah. If you were real Herb, you'd be like, Skid Row wrote this song called Psychotherapy. <laughs> and then you're know, like, this is awesome Skid Row song. Like, they're kind of like, kind of punk. Like, I don't know if you really know, like Sebastian Bach. Like, well, that's a really funny joke they made. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? Sebastian, <laughs> it's pretty good. Do you think that they, when they covered it, the Ramones thought they were Herbs? Like, they were like, oh, here comes Sebastian Bach. He's a total Herb. Probably. I don't know. I would imagine. What do you think, Simon? I think 100%. So, yeah. The, I, so, this is not, this, this is not directly Ramones related, but it's like, it's, 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 it's kind of, you know, adjacent where I was in Japan playing a festival and I saw Captain Sensible from The Damned. And 
he started talking to me. He liked MGMT. We're talking. And then Michael Monroe from Hanoi Rocks, you know, who is kind of yeah. the the reason Sebastian Bach, you know, is doing his, the reason, you know, the reason Guns N' Roses exists. And like Motley Krug's, yeah, Skid Row, exactly. all these They bands. were like the first, yeah. right? And I yeah. was kind of like, don't love their music, but like, if you're the first, Godspeed, right? So like, he's like, we, I was taking a picture with Captain Sensible and, and I just see like this guy, you know, he, and he looks like the Quintus, he looks like he's playing a aging rock and roller in a movie. Like he's full on, just kind of like, Nothing's really fitting very well. The eyeshadow is terrible. Like blah blah blah, and he's like, "You guys taking a picture?" And then Captain Sensible goes, "Oh, bollocks! Here he comes again." Hello, Michael. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like Michael Monroe's a herb. He's like, "What's up, Captain? Who's this guy? Do you mind if I get into your picture?" And he's like, "Fine, just you know." And like, I have it's on my Instagram. It's a fucking picture of Captain Sensible and Michael Monroe, but he just kept like annoying the damned. And I'm like. This is a herb from the 70s. Like, this guy has been annoying the damned for close to 50 years. <laughs> and he's like, here he comes. He literally said, here he comes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, what, Simon, what's the difference? How do you describe the difference between a herb and a punisher? Um, okay. No. All right. So a herb can be a punisher, and a punisher can be a herb. So that okay. doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but sometimes a punisher... I think it's the Punisher is like trying to get information because they're obsessed for the most part, like that style of Punisher. And they're also not behaving in a way that could be construed as kind of suave or cool because they're just punishing you with questions. Yeah. It depends. I think it's just like all about what what you are being punished about or what one is being punished about. Like if there's sort of like interesting questions and facts or if they're just kind of like hey you know so what are you doing what are you doing after the show oh man like you should go what's your favorite bar like if they're if, if they're punishing you in a way that they want to hang out with you or something right. like that it's more on the herb side but that they're like asking about you know where something was recorded or like what you know how did you get this sent like if it's sort of like interesting sort of technical questions which i don't think they're doing if I don't think the intention is to make the person they are punishing like them, the intention is to actually, they're really desperately curious about the information that they're punishing one about, that's not necessarily a herb. Yeah. But like, if they are punishing someone to make the person like them, then they're a herb. But that's yeah. a very good question. I don't think I knew before this what a Punisher is. Yeah, Punisher is someone who kind of asks a lot of questions. Like, kind of, but I think it's like, you know, being a music journalist is like, you know, such as myself is like a great front for like a Punisher Mm -hmm. because it's like, you it's kind of legitimized because, like, well, I'm writing this article, so I have to ask you all these really in depth questions about this stuff, but it's sort of like, you know, your way in a little bit. Yeah. So it's like, I think that sometimes I enjoy Punishers. Yeah. But then there's like, but you can also be punished. Okay, Punisher doesn't only mean question asking. Am I right? Like, I think punishing could also be sort of like incessantly going on and on about like yes. yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, you know, I just, so I got basically, you know, I got like, uh, 
um, you know, I'm between jobs at the moment, but you know what? Like, just like, it was just this sort of kind of like, they won't talk. <laughs> and everything you say, like, you could literally say it doesn't matter because they're just here. Like, and just say, you know what? Like, I'm like, honestly, like, so what? Like, I can fucking do what I want at work and they have a fucking problem with it. <laughs> Fuck you, right, dude? I'm like, yeah, okay. He's like, it doesn't matter. So what? Like, I know, like, I can't drive anymore because I fucking crashed into somebody when I was wasted and that's fucking cool, right? I'm like, yeah. Like, you know, that's kind of, that's like a herb punisher. I love that your <laughs> example of someone who's a punisher is someone who opens with um, between jobs right yeah. now. <laughs> well, I think that Punishers don't don't last long at workplaces. They're like a little. They're like right. That's probably like in a Venn diagram of punishers. Probably a lot of them are unemployed. They're like because they're like that's how they even when they're at they work, told off like, their boss or something. Yeah, or they yeah. were just so annoying to work with. They were like, oh man, last night like I stayed up so late. Like I just like you know my roommate um, works at this restaurant and uh, she's able to like bring home like all the extra food and yeah. stuff like that and and actually. Some some of the booze, which is really cool. It's like really expensive stuff. It's like, um, I guess it's exactly. like top shelf stuff or like the shelf below it. But anyway, like she brings it yes. all home. Like they, the, she's not technically allowed to, but like, what are they going to say? You know what I mean? They need her to work there. So like, I just, <laughs> I absolutely like downed like all this liquor, like again, like really either top shelf or the one under it. And I had like, uh, <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. Steak and like lobster and stuff like it's so cool. <laughs> and then probably, yeah, like, I get think fired. <laughs> so I'm a Punisher herb. So between jobs, and then I think another Punisher herb kind of like catchphrase is "women are fucking crazy, dude." <laughs> like whatever comes after that is just gonna be. I'm like, I don't want to hear what you're about to say. Like, like seriously, dude, chicks are crazy. Like I literally have never fucking not dated a fucking crazy girl. Like they're fucking crazy. They're pretty, <laughs> like so, like last one. Like I just also I can't be tamed. Like blah, 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 you know, I don't want to actually go. <laughs> or there, or like, there or I think there's another version that's like says all the things all the time. It goes like. Oh my God. Like, I just like, I'm such a stickler for like, I love spa treatments. I love shopping. Yes. Like, I love all the things, yes. like all the girly things. Like, I just love like. <laughs> yes. But that, 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 so that type of punisher is like the person sitting next to you on a plane. Right. And they're like, huh, Boeing. Okay. Don't, I wonder what movie should I watch? What are you watching? I'm like, just fucking shut the <laughs> fuck up. I'm like, ah, wow, Los Angeles. It's warm there. Do you know what the weather is? I'm like, fucking no. I don't know. Yes, but fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, that sort of <laughs> that punisher. But I'm like, you're harmless, you know? Right. Right, right, right. Like right, you're right, harmless, right. but like, shut up. Like, maybe like, you know, an Uber driver could be a punisher in that sense. And like, I think people, I mean, this is also my fucking. East Coast asshole shit where I don't I, I don't I don't like being spoken to at all. <laughs> and I don't and I don't like any interaction to take more than a, you know twenty-five seconds at the most. But um yeah, I feel like that's sort of like banal, harmless, possibly lonely punisher. Yeah. It's irritating, but you also kind of like, well, you know, how long's left in the, you know, flight? Five and a half hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe that the Gen Z f phrase for this is, would respond to this by saying, read the room. I think that's what yes. they say. Right. Read the room. Right, right, right. Oh, good. I, most of the stuff that Gen Z say, I don't understand, but yeah. that I get. I, I learned the funniest thing about Gen Z the other day. I already texted Vanessa about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, someone posted, you know, uh, 
Tracy Chapman just performed at the Grammys, mm-hmm. and someone, someone, Gen Z person posted all this stuff like, Tracy Chapman, who is this? Like, I did a deep dive in this like unknown artist that was like performed at the Grammys, and then uh, was like basically just took all the stuff off Wikipedia and like was like you know acted their expert, and then someone responded with this meme about how. Gen Z, they call them the Christopher Columbus generation because they think they discovered everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's so that's kind of the, the new breed of herbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if someone's playing the Grammys, you probably didn't discover them. I'm just going <laughs> to. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, that this is there are people in the audience. Like, this isn't just other people can see this too. Like, this isn't right. just something you didn't do a fucking YouTube search and like, find this you know i know it's yeah it's it's incredible like like wait till they find this like yeah wait till they find no. yeah anything i mean yeah but it's it's so it's such a funny phrase to me that's such yeah. a funny phrase and i will say i watched the tracy chapman luke combs performance on the grammys it was so great and then i went back and watched her 1989 performance at the grammys it, which is like incredible it's so crazy to see her like singing that song and I will say now, given this conversation that we've been having, the whole audience seems like Herbs because she's <laughs> she's like absolutely killing it. She's like this young, like she's she's just like so it's so emotional, whatever. And the audience looks like they like cannot keep up. Like they're oh just like God. trying to like clap and stuff, and like they're they're absolutely trying to hide that they're Herbs. Right, but like, like doing, they doing just, the Trump dance. <laughs> yeah, they're just like they're just. She like puts everybody in the audience to shame, and it's basically like. It's not on purpose, but she basically like turns them all into herbs in like no time. <laughs> oh my god! That, yeah, when 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 the, when you're the coolest person in a gigantic room like Tracy Chapman, like that must be pretty rad. Yeah, like, it's just mon- like monocles uh, are falling and champagne flutes and shit. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I would say you put fucking fast car in a commercial, and I'm buying whatever that is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's. I will wipe the tears out of my eyes after the commercial's done and go to you know whatever store or whatever just buy whatever products that they're selling that one. yeah yeah that although works. like given all of this fast car you know i they were saying i read something that the that fast car has been like downloaded so much since the grammys too like the you know the original obviously tracy chapman version has been downloaded so much and i guess i would be a little disheartened if all of a sudden like it was in a commercial yes <laughs> I'd be yes. like okay but then i'd also be like good for tracy chapman everybody else gets to cash in why doesn't she sure I, well know? i th- I think I think younger me would almost be like, oh, like oh, people like Tracy Chapman now, or like you know whatever. Like I liked her first, and like now I don't. I think she sucks, and I will. Yeah. But now as a, as a kind of a a a, a grown up, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I'm I think I'd just if she's getting money from a commercial with Fast Car, if she's playing the Grammys and people are downloading her shit, I, I I'm love I, it. I take yeah. my ego out of it, you know. Yes. Yeah. Good for good for TC. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with these herbs. <laughs> Just kidding. After the break. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> and catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay, well, if anyone else has any more Herbie questions to ask, we're going to play a game. Is that is that cool? Yes, but... Is anyone else feeling like feeling like the sort of the her the herb theme has has made them a little bit self conscious about what questions and things you're saying? Because it sure has with me. I'm like everything that kind of goes into my brain and on the process of coming out my mouth. I'm like, would I seem like a herb if I fucking say this? <laughs> and like, will this continue after the podcast? Like, is this going to be like the rest of our week <laughs> or my week? Yeah, <laughs> just during the course of this podcast, I've realized I was a herb in front of you, Simon. That's fine. <laughs> you know, so I'm just realizing, yeah, this has been a real reality check for me. Whenever you guys stop to talk about, or whenever we're ever doing a podcast and Jonah is talking to the guest about like any kind of music thing, I just sit there like a herb because I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're like, and remember you did this tour and like, uh, or you'll be like, and an amp, when it has this kind of sound, it sounds so much better than this sound. And I'm always like, I'll just sit back being a herb. I feel like sitting back is not herby. If you like, interjected like if you told me that you were at that tracy chapman show then that's kind of a or you're like oh beatles saw him in 65 you know what i right, mean right right <laughs> like i mean i did it. see tracy chapman once at the beacon theater really yeah so but i feel like it's kind of a herb move 
You didn't bring it up, though. You there not was, like, bringing it up is actually an anti-herb move. Exactly. Okay. It's the it coolest okay. fucking thing okay. that's happened in the last hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hey, man. Well, speaking of er- herbs, um, <laughs> we have good, a n- good segue. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We have a new segment today. It's called Congratulations, You Baked Yourself. Congratulations, <laughs> You Baked Yourself. In this game, we'll discuss three culinary dishes that are making a comeback. And <laughs> the rules are a little unclear this game. It's a little bit of a works in progress, but we'll pick which one of these three dishes we're most excited about. And that will okay. be the issue that has baked the, itself. The dish that has baked the itself. The dish has baked itself. So we had we have another segment called Congratulations, You Played Yourself. This is Congratulations, You Baked Yourself. So, the, so baked is good or bad? Great question. So, <laughs> in the other game... In the other the game, the other game, it's bad. It's bad, but in this one, it's actually good. I think it's good because these think, these are yeah. all in the other game. It's sort of the opposite. It's like things are going anyway. The point is, this game, these dishes are making a comeback, mm-hmm. and the one that we like the most baked itself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we don't pick that till the end. So just we'll just discuss these three, and then we'll pick at the end. Jonah, I can read this first one. Sure. Let's kick. Yeah. Why don't you kick us off? The first dish that's coming back is strawberry pretzel salad. And this article says, some recipes just never go out of style. And this strawberry pretzel salad is one dish that stays popular for a good reason. Perfect for potlucks and practically required at picnics. (laughs) I actually have been to a lot of picnics. I've never seen it. This dessert recipe is simple to make and hard to get wrong. There are layers of salty pretzels, whipped cream cheese, and bright strawberries suspended in gelatin, all topped off with lightly sweetened Sorry, with lightly sweetened sour cream and toasted pecans. <laughs> Most likely created along with the wave of jello salads popular in the 1960s, it's a simple classic dish that just so happens to be an explosion of flavor and texture. Wow. Okay. Simon, what are your thoughts on strawberry um strawberry pretzel salad? I've never heard of it before. From the description, I find it very confusing, a bit unwieldy. I feel like it's it's sort of a I might be completely leaving something out, but I'm not sure how I feel about food where every bite is wildly different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially different textures. Like, those, it seems like a toothbreaker. You got, what What? what, what, were, the, what were the nuts in there? Be- Pecans. And, They're soft. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I don't say my answer right now, or because there's going to be two more dishes described, correct? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I guess that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Vanessa. What do you think of this one? I am surprised by how much the author is like. Of course, you know about this one. Like, we're so <laughs> yeah. happy this is coming back. Like strawberry pretzel salad, right? <laughs> I, uh, the idea of pretzels and cream cheese and gelatin sounds like pretty gross to me. But I actually yeah. bet this is pretty good. So I'm going to reserve judgment until I hear the other. It reminds me of something that that, that a child would make. Yeah. Like right. Not, it seems like they threw everything together. Yeah, like I like these things and I'm going to put them all in a bowl and give them to mommy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then your mom would go, oh, this Aww. is, this is really good, Simon. Thank you for making this for yeah. me. And then like when you left the room, she'd be like, that's going yeah. in the trash. Just $20 chink, chink, at chink, the grocery yeah, store. Exactly. I'll never get back. She'd yeah. take one bite and smile. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess my kid's a herb. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking herb. Yeah. What a I punisher. agree. I agree. 
They act like it's such a well-known thing. Like, you'd be like, oh, we made some strawberry pretzel salad. Like, ooh, I actually had some last night, but I guess I could have more. It seems very church groupy. Now, I want to give a little disclaimer. This article is from Southern Living. So okay. that might have something to do with why we haven't heard of strawberry yeah, pretzel salad. Yeah, and speaking of which, our next dish. This is a, a very fancy-sounding dish. Hopefully it's from Northern Living. <laughs> it's Steak Diane. Okay. <laughs> Steak Diane usually refers to a pan-seared steak dish that's cooked in butter and finished with a flambéed cream and cognac sauce. Some recipes use strip steaks, but we prefer tender beef fillets or beef tenderloin medallions. Likewise, some sauces are beefed up with mushrooms, others skip them. The Diane in the recipe refers to the pan sauce and how it's made with mustard, cream, Worcestershire, and flambéed cognac. Basting the steaks in butter really ensures the steak will have a flavorful and beefy saltiness that contrasts beautifully with the cognac notes of the sauce. Flambéing is quick, safe, and easy. But if you don't have ventilation, simply omit this step or allow the alcohol to cook off on low heat instead. Uh, Simon, what are your thoughts on uh, the comeback of Steak Diane? Well, I was a bit distracted by the the, the, the amount the word beef was in there. And especially yeah. when they used, it, they used it to not refer to the beef of the dish, but to say they beefed up the sauce. Right, yeah. Which I, I think I was just kind of stuck on that. I was like, "Is that was that intentional?" I think it was. I think yeah. this person is a little bit of a. I'll drop in a pun here and there. A little bit of a herb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next one is herb crusted chicken. Um, <laughs> but like, so I mean, from what I heard, it sounds like a pretty relatively normal food. They were just kind of. It's almost like there's they're over describing it to me. Like I know I kind of know what it is. I mean, there's certain little nuances that. Uh, that kind of took me for a loop. I was distracted by the, you know, the use of the word beef. So I'm not sure if I kind of absorbed everything, but I, I would take that over the uh, st uh, strawberry pretzels salad. So thus mm -hmm, far, mm -hmm. yeah, that's winning for you so far. Yeah, it's the one. Yeah, Simon, could you picture yourself being at like a fancy restaurant and being like, "I'll have the steak, Diane, please." See, that's not me. You know, like, I don't like fancy restaurants. First of all, like. <laughs> Like just, I, I was just like, it's just like, oh, hello, hello, monsieur, do you want to? But I'm like, you know what? Shut up. I want to, I just like, I want, you know, not my thing. I don't really like, I don't really like, you know, menus or waiters, you know. But um, I'm yes, I, I'm envisioning I'm, you saying this all just Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Who's, I'm saying, I'm saying this to the person, I'm saying this to the, the stewardess on the, on the plane. I'm like, like, what is this? Do you eat the tinfoil? Yeah. Sorry. yeah, sorry. Um, yes, I could, Jonah. I could. Okay. okay, fair enough. I will say that I um, I got a little stuck, Jonah. I don't know about you, because I have this article in front of me. On their description of why it's called Steak Diane, they don't really explain it. They say the Diane in quotes, they put Diane in quotes, the Diane in the recipe refers to the pan sauce and how it's made, colon, with mustard, cream, Worcester, <laughs> And flambéed cognac. It's like, okay, you're not... Exp Why Diane, though? Yeah. Like, is it like Diane von right. something loved cognac? So that's right, why right. they're Diane just von saying Furstenberg. ingredients. And then you go, well, how do I put these two together? That's what I thought, too. I thought they're going to be like, famously, Shelley Long, who played Diane on Cheers, right. loved yes, her steak exactly, prepared flambéed exactly. with cognac. Right, right, yeah. right, right, that right, would be right. great. Then I would go, I don't even have to hear the other two. I love Cheers, and I love Diane, and I love this dish. Yeah. Right. Like, they, they left the most interesting part of mystery, I think. Or they yes. didn't, in, in, well, in the initial reading, they did. Yeah. You know, it's also like, if your wife 
is named Diane and she's gone missing, would you serve steak Diane or would people raise an eyebrow? Right. <laughs> think they're eating right. your, might, your wife. Might make you a little suspicious you might, to yeah, the, you know, not, the cops. Yeah, the optics are... <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah, Jonah... Not- would you order? Can you see yourself ordering steak? I could, yeah, I mean, it sounds. Yeah, I would. Try, it sounds kind of interesting. You know, I, I like. I generally have my steaks pretty, pretty minimalist. But this is not exactly the first. Way, you know, flambéed cognac sounds pretty intense. But I would try it if I was out somewhere fancy. I don't know. Maybe someone yeah. else is paying. Maybe I'm on an expense account or something. Why not? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Vanessa, do you want to share this last one? Sure. We, this... we, we, we can ask one more question about. Yes, yeah, please. Just quickly. I'm very sorry. How much do you think this would cost in a restaurant? I think it's expensive. I think you, you think got cognac, you got steak. It has okay. the name Diane in it. I think okay. this okay. is. A, I think this is a fifty dollar entree. Okay, our producer Olivia has said invented in London and named after the Greek goddess of hunt. Ah, uh, Diane, isn't it Diana? I think it's Diana. But they they're being little herbs and they're calling her Diane. Yeah. But based <laughs> on the name, okay. Yeah, this is okay. an expensive dish. This is you're not getting a you're not getting a steak, Diane, for for twenty bucks at, at the okay. local, local. The Greek god thing is good. I wish they said Diana because I feel like Diane's kind of yeah. like, like suit yeah. Greek god Susan. You know what I mean? It it makes me more mad at the way it's explained in this article because it's like they completely leave that off out, but they're like because right. it has mustard in it. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, let's let's not blame the food for the for the poor the poor right uh, right you know literary presentation yeah, right that's right fair. let's not that's hold fair. that it's against not, it that's a really good point fault. yeah um vanessa you want to get in this last one yeah yes this last one is wacky cake wacky cake also known as crazy cake war cake depression cake and three hole oh. cake is a simple chocolate cake recipe that's been used <laughs> in like kitchens for just kidding. <laughs> that's been used in kitchens for nearly a century this cake was created when many common ingredients were hard to acquire or food items were being rationed so the recipe doesn't include any butter eggs or milk even though this cake originated during challenging times the recipe itself couldn't be easier to create Okay, wacky cake is considered wacky, not only because the recipe lacks any dairy or eggs, but also because all the ingredients for this cake are mixed directly into the pan it's baked in. Okay, and then what are the ingredients for a wacky cake? The ingredients for wacky cake include everyday kitchen staples you likely already have in your home. These ingredients include all-purpose flour, sugar, cocoa powder, baking soda, salt, oil, vinegar, and vanilla extract. But there is wiggle room for substitutions if needed. So, what do you think about wacky, wacky cake, cake, Simon? I think that I would rather call it depression cake. <laughs> I think that that was that seemed because uh, even though, again, I'm upset with the writing. I wanted more of a sort of a kind of a, a historical tale of this cake. Like, was it is it like buffalo wings, which kind of originated in the depression to kind of you know sure. spice up a very easy to get, literally spice up a very easy to get food and make it a more interesting dish. And I'm imagining, because it was called Depression Cake, it is a Great Depression sort of invention. Um, I like the historical aspect of that. I would th- I would like to call the strawberry pretzel pudding wacky cake. Yeah. Instead. Yes, and yes. It seems because, more wacky, you're right. Yeah. And when and then, like, I was on the edge of my seat when, when Vanessa, you, you, you were saying that, like, it's basically, what was the sense, like, something, it's like almost like what we described as a strawberry pretzel salad, where it was, like, everything in the kitchen, but then they're like, it's like everything in the kitchen, and then they just kind of like, well, everything in, like, a cabinet, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like there's, like, fucking pickles and ham. Right, and, you know, right, 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 right. 
It's just like this, like it's that little, it's like a little corner of a cabinet. Like just throw that in. Um, I think that's, I will. Okay. Something that I, I need to say is I am hungry now. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I didn't realize until we started to discuss these delicious foods, but right. um, I'm not ready for my decision yet, but I will say that that will, it, that is influencing my decision. And I, I think wacky cake sounds fine. Um, yeah. Okay. Think, you know. Yeah. Sounds fine. Yeah, it's, it'll do. I'm with Simon. I, I don't think it's as wacky as the strawberry pretzel salad, but, uh, you know, and, I, you know, to be honest, I don't eat a ton of cake. If I'm going to eat cake, I kind of want it to be kind of high-quality cake. Mm-hmm. Had some things. Someone's like, we use some extra baking soda and vinegar. Exactly. I made a cake. Uh, but but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's it's. I don't have strong feelings about it. Vanessa, what about you? Well, I left this detail out because I was trying to get through this description, but... Um... There's also a detail that this recipe goes against most popular methods for mixing cake batters because there's no, especially because there's no bowl or whisk necessary. Plus, and this is in the article, in creating wells for the dry ingredients and filling them with the wet ingredients before mixing, it adds another level of wacky. So, like, it's funny because it's like, the strawberry th- dish is like so it's just like the ingredients itself are like you're like that's wacky the steak diane you're like oh it's named after this goddess of the hunt like that's intense this one is like there's like there's like you know chocolate and like an egg in it or whatever or no eggs but like there's like these all-purpose flour sugar and baking soda in it it's wacky like it's like it's almost like, like you said, kind of, Simon, it's like they're scrambling, like this This cake is almost taking too much credit for how mm-hmm. like wackadoodle it is when it's actually just like, this has the most basic ingredients in it. And I don't know, but also I know that like, you know, given the times when it was like, you know, the, the Great Depression or whatever, they had to like be excited about exactly. stuff. So they were like, sure, this cake sure. is wacky. Like, like this is wild fun that we're having in the midst of all the, the doom. Just a, a, a jovial glimmer in, in, in trying times by yeah. naming wacky cake. And I guess like, so there, there's it's all like non-perishables pretty much that go in it, right? right? I think that's yes. the main thing. And then you could make it sort of in like the, pan that you have on your backpack right yeah right. yeah as you yeah. as you walk from town to town um yeah okay. yeah if you had to pick one simon what are you going with the the steak diane the strawberry pretzel salad or the wacky cake well i feel like sort of it, it's almost classist to to not choose the wacky cake because <laughs> i feel like it's like like you know like it's disrespectful for people who have no option but to eat the wacky cake at a certain time Sure. So I want that to be noted, but I am choosing steak Diana, which I'm going to call it Diana because, as you've said, Vanessa, that just that right. makes more sense. And that's I kind of want to eat that right now. Yeah, yeah, got it. It sounds pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm with Simon. I think the steak Diane slash Diana does sound like the most appetizing to me. Mm-hmm. Look, if this steak is seventy five bucks, like forget it. But if yeah, like I said, that, it, dude, yeah, <laughs> I've never paid seventy five dollars for anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, of all these, it sounds the most appetizing. Uh, Vanessa, what about you? Well, okay, I I I want to appreciate what Simon said about like not being like you know the the. It seems like in some ways the right thing to do is to right. go with the wacky cake. Sure, but wouldn't imagine what a major herb you'd be if you showed up to a party and you were like, "This is wacky cake," and people and then, were like, "Well." Go ahead, go ahead. And then you then you explain explained why yeah. they have to like it for if they twenty don't, minutes. 
Yeah, it's like yeah. you're disrespectful and they're like they like like this is history and it's real and people struggle and like don't just dismiss the wacky cake because like check your yeah. privilege. Yeah. It just got it's just it just got it's just got uh the, all these like basic ingredients that like you already have in your pantry. And then people would be like, "Okay, well you have access to like grocery stores and stuff and and you'd be like, "Yeah, but um I thought it would be kind of a bring right. a cool piece of history to this party." Exactly. So I guess yeah. I'm okay with that coming back, but I would I certainly don't want to be the one who's bringing it, you know, to a potluck. So I would say honestly, I am excited about the strawberry pretzel salad. Mm, I, okay. I look. I don't appreciate that the writer was like, everybody, everybody, remember our fave dish, strawberry pretzel salad. It's back. But at the same time, I'm into it. I, it seems like it could, it could be really disgusting, but it could also be really good. And I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, the fave dish thing seems like a, a bit of a psyop. You know, you're like, oh yeah, it wasn't like you know, and you almost feel yeah. like. like I've never heard of it, but I guess everyone else has. So it was well, it's my favorite too. I mean, but this that, person's this writer saying it's practically required at picnics. It's like picnics. Where what? Just imagine that shit covered in ants. No, thank you. Well, I guess uh to conclude this game, uh Steak Diane, congratulations, you baked yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh that's right. Hell yeah. <laughs> they won. Uh so Simon, where can people find out more? Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find out yeah. more about your music, what you have going on? I know there's a new uh Spiral Heads album. What can you talk about that stuff um, really quick? Yeah, yeah. So we there's a there's a new Spiral Heads album. And or for our first record, so we worked on it for a while and then and now we're done with it and it's coming out on February 23rd and we will be playing shows eventually <laughs> although haven't none in the books yet but there's some cool videos coming out and that's kind of it and then there's Modest Mouse Pixie's Cat Power Tour is resuming in June or late May and then there'll be some more exciting Modest Mouse stuff that I can't talk about yet but um coming up soon but yeah, that's really it, you know. Um, right. well, you you guys should put the strawberry um, pretzel salad thing on your rider. Maybe you'll get some on the road. Yeah. <gasps> Especially Ooh. when you're in the south. Yeah. Maybe put the steak Diane on the rider. That'd be kind of <laughs> <laughs> be like, wait, but we also put wacky cake. So like, we're not <laughs> really, you know, like like we're kind of like a band of the people. We have wacky cake. But also Can you wacky. imagine asking for wacky cake and like getting follow up? That's like, um, the venue's asking like, what kind of wacky cake you want, and you being like, like well, there's like, like, there's room for substitutions. Like, it's just, <laughs> but like, it's like anything they have in their home. <laughs> yeah, and can they bring it to us in a bindle? Is that okay? <laughs> like, we just want to see the runner bring a stick with a handkerchief filled with the ingredients on it, just you know, for the experience. But yeah, <laughs> and then. No, put wacky cake on the rider, and then like one page is the full explanation of the history <laughs> of it. <laughs> what oh, makes man. a wacky cake wacky? Yeah, and have that all explained on there, like Poverty. little herb. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Loosen um, up little herbs. <laughs> We're talking about wacky cake. Well, thank you so much, Simon, for joining us and everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like the Sony Discman and being a herb. (laughs) Thanks so much, you guys.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 